Boom, episode 213 of Kicking It With The King. We're live in 3, 2, 1. I was a little afraid that I wasn't going to be able to get back up in here. It's been so long. I think it's since November 1st, but we do a weekly show, so it's been about a couple weeks now. Oh, it's a couple work weeks. It's November 10th, 2019. Welcome in. My name is Gabriel Hernandez. Guys, welcome in. Like like I said, welcome to Kicking It With The King uh, podcast. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Like I said, for me, it feels like it's been a while because there's been times where I was going to record an episode and, you know, something came up or I did record an episode. I recorded like a couple little takes and stuff and, you know, part ones of a potential episode that I was going to release, but that didn't come about. I ended up actually, uh, you know, deleting it because I felt like it wasn't the best, um, you know, there was a lot of like, I don't know, it was just like, you know, I had some time during the really busy days and stuff, and I was able to record some stuff, but, you know, as soon as I, like, I got home, it was, like, super, it was super, like, tiring, and then, like, it, like, I don't know what else happened afterwards, but, yeah, I just, I just didn't get time around it and stuff, so that's what warranted me not to actually tape an episode, so it was, it was something pretty cool. It was really cool to be able to come back and do one, and that's exactly what we're doing. So, like I said, sit back, relax. We've got a great show. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of different things that have happened within like the last week or so. I feel like, like I said, I feel like it's been so long since then. So, like, I think it's because there's so much events and stuff that have happened since then and that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode um we're presented to you and uh available on all major platforms wherever you get your podcast i think spotify iHeartRadio, google um if you have iphone the podcast tab um works on your tablet as well as your ipad not so sure about iWatches or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure we're available anywhere you get your podcast. Um, follow us also on uh, Instagram at KWTKPod for the po- this very podcast. Um, me at G the King MMA on Instagram, both and on Twitter. And did you hear about the likes? Um, I think the CEO of Instagram or the c- creator or whatever, whoever the hell he is, I don't even know the guy's name, but they are moving the likes off Instagram. Like that's gonna do anything for anybody. Like uh, it, it's it's pretty funny though. That was just pretty hilarious that i said instagram stuff so like i said um sit back relax it's a great show a lot of stuff to talk about let's run down today's list um give you a little preview of what we're going to be talking about so you can get comfortable all right ladies and gentlemen let's read the list let's go down today's list today's lineup today's schedule of what we will be talking about here on kicking it with the king obviously ufc 244's prelim and main card recap i'd like to touch base on a lot of those fights that really got people out of their seats i know this is old news i know this has happened over a week or a half ago but um the fact is we weren't on and there was no way that i'm gonna skip that we're gonna talk about that george masvidal's big win over nate diaz nate diaz's recent 
comments and the confusion regarding some of the Instagram posts that he put on. I noticed that too. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Darren Till has a big win over Kelvin Gatslam. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his recent statements about Rio Romero and you know being completely honest about you know wanting to fake an injury, all that. The honesty where he fits in the middleweight division. What fights are on the horizon? Does he want Yoel Romero? Who does he truly want yet? Is it a fight with Israel Adesanya? There's so much to talk about and so much to digest here on this program. Corey Anderson's win over Johnny Walker was a bit of a shocker for one, for me as well as a lot of other people around the world. I'm pretty sure you guys were just as shocked as I was. Um, we'll talk about what's next for him. Speaking of the light heavyweight division, John Jones's recent tweets at Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes issued a little bit of a more of a classier statement to about John Jones, about fighting you know a champion. We can quote it a little bit later, but they're about going back. John's calling him a fake, you know. This constant Twitter banter back and forth. We'll talk about that. That seems to be more more so the the direction that the UFC is going in instead of what um, instead of going with one Corey Anderson. We'll talk about that. Potential theories for what could be next for Corey if it isn't John Jones. Most likely it's not leading in that kind of direction. Um, less than twenty four hours ago you see Moscow just recapped um a bit couple marquee fights on their um original main event. Uh, main eventer Alexander Volkov took on Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy was a late replacement for one Junior Dos Santos. He got that nasty staff infection in his leg, and you know Greg Hardy, you know fought, you know with toughness, had heart, you know hung in there with number, uh, and I think he's number seven ranked Volkov. Volkov who was coming off a loss to Derek Lewis, a third round knockout loss in the last opening seconds of the fight, and um. You know, Greg Hardy being the one to step up, you know, being the most active heavyweight on the UFC roster, the most fights in 2019, him coming in on short notice, him, you know, unfortunately coming up short, but being able to hang in there with the number, uh, a, a fighter with a number rank, a, a rank next to him, even being the low amount of experience that Greg Hardy had, he still hung in there, he was classy afterwards, and you know, the controversy around that, we'll talk about that, and a little bit, I want to touch a little bit more on about the statement made by Nate Diaz before people started to assume that he was retiring, or he's retired, you know, everybody's saying their classy statement, I mean, Jorge Masvidal thought, kind of issued a statement to Diaz saying, you know, we can get the hunger again, come back, and, you know, they can run it back. But in the meantime, he's going to be making that money. But everyone was coming at Nate like he was retired. And I wanted to give, um, I wanted to give my thoughts on my, about that. So, like I said, sit back, relax, enjoy it. Let's not waste any time. This time we're really doing it. All right, UFC 244, um, like I said, kicked off. So many amazing fights in the prelims, you know, that got the main card all heated up, that got everybody all fired up. I mean, there's so much history in that whole fight card, not just with the fights, with the atmosphere. I mean, the president showing up, the rock wrapping the belt around Jorge Masvidal's wrist, um, wrist, excuse me, waist, um, you know, the, like I said, the president being there, you know, how much security they had, you know, the fact that the UFC's never done what they've done before that. You know, the BMF belt being created, you know, a winner, a, a, a belt that has nothing to do with the weight class. Just two OGs that have had 30 plus fights and have been fighting for a very long time. And, you know, two original gangsters of the UFC, you know, two guys that originally were some badass fighters back in the day and have had respect 
throughout all those years. And, you know, there's nobody that, like I said, there shouldn't be, there's there's hardly any fans, like real hardcore fans know who Masvidal and know who Nate Diaz is, who, who they are, excuse me. And, you know, there's no fight fan out there that shouldn't know who they are. So if you know, don't know who they are, then in my opinion, you're not one of the best fight fans out there. But um, like I said, it was a much-deserved fight. You know, it was a historical fight. Unfortunate in the main event, the way that ended, I would never have picked that way to happen in my entire life, as 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 many of you can probably agree and to attest to this very statement as well. Um, nor that I imagine it ending ending that way. I, did I think it was going to happen that way? No, that was also something else I was very shocked about too. Um, and I was watching it, having a couple beers, you know, just watching it like on my phone. Um, well, I was watching it live, but. You know, my reaction, I was like, what the, what is the doctor doing? Because when it was between rounds after the third round, you know, the, right as they're getting to start the fourth and the fifth, uh, the doctor was looking at him. You know, it, it wasn't a bad cut. It didn't look necessarily like a super bad cut from my personal angle and just the way I was looking at it. And, you know, obviously look at the pictures afterwards. A picture Dana posted about the um, Nate's cut being worse than it was. You know, it didn't look that bad, but, you know, the doctor did stop it. Did Dan Mergliato right waved it off and everyone was like, What the fuck's going on? And just an unfortunate turn of events. I mean, obviously if you look at the fight from a start to finish, it was Masvidal having all the success. And he dropped him multiple times, he hurt him, you know, took him down. Nate landed some good shots as well of his own, but you know, for the most part of this whole race between both these fighters, it was Masvidal dictating the pace, landing the hardest shots, you know, you know, you know, essentially being ahead and you know picking where he wanted to go and any anywhere that the fight was, he was more than comfortable and you know say what you want about the gassing out towards the fourth and the fifth, that whole thing didn't make sense. I mean, if you really want to go for broke and really go out, you want to fight through rounds one two three four and five and you don't just want to take it take a the first three rounds off and uh go towards the fourth and the fifth a lot of people will be mad at the, mad at that but that's just the complete truth so like i said it was a fantastic performance um at first i thought maybe they were going to do a no contest or something like that because of a cut but then i realized it's a cut um he busted him open obviously again and you know it's the same cut from the fight with pettis if you look at it, um, but you know, a couple of other cuts and stuff, but at the end of the day, better safe than sorry, Masvidal gets the DQ, well, not DQ, excuse me, um, gets the doctor stoppage, and you know, he is a BMF champion, and now, where does this set him up for, what does this set him up for when it comes to the future, I mean, there's a f title fight next month between Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington, if Nate Diaz isn't, if they're not going to do the Nate Diaz rematch, I'd like to see him fight the winner of Masvidal, or excuse me, of Kamaru versus Colby, because there's like really no other solution. I've said this many, many times. I've said this after the fight. I thought about this. I'm like, there's no other fights I want to see him fight, unless it's a Connor fight, a rematch with Nate Diaz, or Colby versus Kamaru. That's the front runner, in my opinion. That's a great fight. That's something that I want to see. That's, you know, he has history with both of them, more history with Colby than anything that a lot of fight fans would like to see. The build-up, the motions, the, uh, the, you know, the lead-up, the press conferences, all that stuff, all that jazz. 
will definitely be something that would be entertaining as well as you knowing knowing that it's going to be a badass fight. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, what they choose to do. I know Masvidal did hurt his hand, you know, had some injuries lingering, some stuff coming into that fight that he said he wanted to heal up. And, you know, he'll be ready, healed up by April. Maybe that's a perfect segue for the winner of UFC 245's main event. Obviously, there's three title fights on there. There's Kamara versus Colby. Home, excuse me, not home. Amanda Nunez versus Duran Duran me two, and um, Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovski. So like the UFC's the last two pay per view cards have been absolutely solid. So it's been awesome, it's been good, and it's been exciting to see everything that they're doing for the last couple months of the year. You know they always try to end the year with a bang, and that that's exactly what I think they're doing. So. That's going to be interesting. So, like I said, for Jorge Masvidal, the only thing I want to see him against is uh, Kamaro versus Colby, Nate Diaz, or Conor McGregor. So, most likely, you know, chalk it all down to the winner of Mas- uh, of Kamaro versus um, Colby. I don't know why I kept saying Masvidal, but uh, speaking of foes of Masvidal, let's get on to someone who had fought Mas- George Masvidal and... and um, excuse me, let's get on over to a former foe, excuse me, that was a horrible segue, let's on to talking about Darren Till's amazing performance over Kelvin Gaslam, a lot of people, including myself, are very nervous about this fight, not for the fight, just for Till being the fact that he was coming off two big losses, you know, the first loss being against Tyron Woodley at welterweight, um, you know, for the title, you know, especially after, being the guy that everyone thought maybe the UFC pushed too soon and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people were uncomfortable of him going into that fight. A lot of people may thought may have thought that Till would be the next best best thing and would come in and, you know, blow Woodley out of the water. We've seen what happened in that fight. First punch that Woodley threw. There's not a lot of people that can take those, man. Credit to the ones who could. Wonder what Thompson... Damian Maya, even though that was at least title fights thrown, thrown, but he still, when he landed, he did hurt him. But, um, you know, credit to anybody that can survive with Tyron Woodley, but, you know, Till fought Tyron Woodley. He got submitted fairly easily. Then he came back and he fought Jorge Masvidal in his hometown, got knocked out in that one. It's not like he was wiped out the water if you go back to that fight and you look at it early stages of the first punch till through. He knocked Jorge down in the first fight or in the first round and, you know, almost essentially had him in trouble and on route to almost being ended. I was looking at that. I was like, oh, shit, what's going on here? And then, you know, obviously George turned it around later on in that fight. And then um, after that, he started landing that left. And I was like, oh. Oh, he got. I see. I kept seeing him hit Till with that. I was like, he can't keep landing that. He's gonna knock him out if he does. And then boom, what happens? He knocks him out, and you know, then goes segues from that fight to the the Askren fight. That was the when Ben Askren kind of sort of debuted in the UFC and you know was calling everybody out, talking about everyone, talking shit about fighting every single person on the roster, and it was just. It was insane, man. But then that set up the eventual fight between Ben Askren and Jorge Masvidal. A lot of people thought Askren would be one to take Masvidal down and beat him up and, you know, just hold him down. It would be one of those fights. But, you know, it, it was preparing. It was prepared to go any type of way. But then that set up the historic flying knee, fastest knockout in UFC history. And then, you know, the superstardom that just shot up the superstardom of Jorge Masvidal. So it really skyrocketed him to where they got him the fight with Nate Diaz. When Nate Diaz fought Pettis, 
in his last fight, he called out Jorge Masvidal. And, you know, that set up the whole eventual bad motherfucker title between both of them. So I don't know how we talked about Jorge Masvidal from there. But um, like I said, for Darren Till, you know, he was essentially part of huge history. You know, him being, unfortunately, being on the side of, uh, of a loss against Jorge Masvidal and stuff, he still learned a lot. Like I said, after that fight with Masvidal, he, you know, took some time off. You know, then he came back. And he fought Kelvin Gastelum at a new weight because a lot of people thought for the longest time he was one of the biggest 170-pounders and, you know, was killing himself most likely to make the weight. And, you know, we've seen him do that. We've seen him miss weight in the Wonder Boy fight. Still went on to win that fight. Very interesting, very tactical, very fun fight back when that happened. And um, from that, you know, like I said, a lot of us are questioning how he was going to fare at this new weight class how he's going to fare against a damn good fighter in the form of Kelvin Gaslam, who just recently got off fighting for uh, the interim championship, the just getting out of a title fight, and one of the best title fights of the year, still standing to this very day, to this very moment, against Israel Adesanya, the only fight that we've ever really truly seen him tested in inside the UFC. And, you know, Kelvin Gaslam's a dangerous opponent. He can wrestle. He can submit you. He can knock you out. He has fast hands. He's tough. He's durable. It's hard to put him away. Till obviously had his moments in that fight, but he never really hurt Gaslam. It was just a tactical fight where, you know, Till was ahead and, you know, Gaslam couldn't really appear to, you know, gather his rhythm and stuff like that. He did what he needed to do, though. He got the job done. He clinched up a lot more, which was a part a lot of people, including myself, were surprised about being the fact that, you know, I thought maybe it would be a Styles fight, like a Styles makes fight. <sighs> you know how Styles make fights? So I thought maybe it was one of those stand-up fights, you know, him trying to avoid the takedown and avoid the scrambles, avoid the clinching. But that was the complete opposite. I mean, Till initiated the clinch. Till, um... You know, you utilized his clinch, his clinching game, utilized his takedown game, stopped a lot of takedowns. And, you know, later in the fight, Kelvin did pick him up, let you know, start to take him down. And uh, we see what happened. Great performance by Darren. Like I said, way to defy the odds, way to shock the world, <sighs> way to make a statement. Against the number three ranked guy at middleweight. I mean, coming off of two losses in a row at a weight class below. Coming up and defeating a guy who obviously, like I said, was coming off a loss. But still is impressive because of body of work that Kelvin has put into that new weight class. And has also, you know, just the fact where he was and what he's done and everything else that he's done at that weight class. And, you know, obviously coming off a very close fight with Israel Asanya. And, you know, the big wins that he's had and experience level. And it's just a dangerous fight for anybody making their debut. <laughs> making a debut at a higher weight class. Especially when you haven't fought at that weight class in the UFC. So, that was really um, good to see Darren come back with an impressive win like that. What, what's next for Kelvin? Um, I think Kelvin, like I said, just deserves to take the rest of the year off. And, you know, maybe fight. I don't know. I can't really. I can't think of any fights for him quite presently but I just think that there's a I don't like to match make 
like right after their fights. I mean, there's good fights coming up and stuff, and there's some good contenders and stuff for Kelvin to really slowly but surely build himself right back up. It just, you know, it kind of sucks because Kelvin is so close, and, you know, maybe one more win for him before this fight would have really kind of got him on the short list of contenders to rematch Israel Adesanya later on. But he lost to someone who hadn't even fought in that weight class. So it's a little bit more unfortunate for him now. I mean, there's guys that are ahead of him now. You got Jared Kennanier. We got, you know, um, Edmund Shabazian making his, his his arrival in that division. And you got, uh, who else do we got? You know, Paulo Costa. You got Yoel Romero. Now Darren Till in the mix. So many fights. So many. It's about to be so stacked in this division. It's gonna be interesting to see what they have, what they have going on, and what's gonna, what's gonna happen. But um, a weight class above middleweight had another successful, you know, star kind of emerge. You know, Corey Anderson's already been a star, and you know has had a lot of fans and a lot of UFC fights and a lot of big wins. It's been some of the most uh, intriguing fights, and you know, not most, not the most, you know, exciting performances. But he's been in a lot of big fights with a lot of, you know, big name, high level fighters, you know, like Alir Latifi, Glover Teixeira, Jimmy Manoa, Cor- uh, Ovin St. Pru, and, you know, now just recently against Johnny Walker. You know, his win was shocking. It wasn't shocking because I didn't think he was going to win. I mean, I knew he was he could win, and I did bet that he would win, but I didn't think it was going to be by knockout. And, like, just the way he came out and fought. He, he, he fought like a man on a mission. Like, he put Johnny Walker away. He landed that right hand. You heard him. Walker kind of stumbled a little bit. Kind of like, kind of was like a little bit a little bit of a showman. And then after that, you know, Walker just kind of bulldozed in. I mean, not Walker, excuse me. Uh, Corey Anderson kind of bulldozed in. And, you know, he, he never stopped hunting for that kill. And eventually, you know, got to the point where he finished him. You know, Walker didn't necessarily go down. He was out kind of on his feet. Then it was a good stoppage by the referee. And, you know, it seemed to me that Corey Anderson was a little hot and a little, you know, fired up because of the, you know, long, you know, what everyone been saying about him and, you know, everything that you know, him, what is it, what, what is it, like, you know, just, you know, not respecting him, not showing him the love that he deserves, you're not, not considering him for big fights, big title fights, you know, leaving him out of the equation can, can be quite frustrating in the media, just, you know, stirring everything up, that's why I'm not necessarily a big fan of the media, but, um, you know, I can definitely see where he's coming from when it comes to that kind of thing. But uh, like I said, great win for him. He definitely got the last laugh. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, were talking about, you know, what, what would benefit the UFC more from the fight with Walker versus Corey Anderson. You know, a lot of people were talking about necessarily Walker being the one to fight John Jones next if successful against Corey Anderson. You know, a lot of people had said that Corey Anderson was going to get knocked out by Walker. Just he, he couldn't he, he's not a good matchup. And you know Walker has had some fantastic performances and stuff like that, but um you know just this fight showed that Corey Anderson was a different kind of fight. And, you know, like I said, it was going to be one of those potential scenarios. It was going to be Corey Anderson winning, you know, maybe, you know, out conditioning, outpacing, taking Johnny Walker down constantly, 
and you know not necessarily putting one of the most exciting fights in but i was completely fine with that aspect if Corey, and it's like i don't dislike the style i'm just saying what a lot of people think and what the ufc sees and everyone else sees and, you know the ufc likes the most exciting fights and the biggest fights and um you know the most exciting ones right the fights are gonna get the asses in the seats the fights that are gonna get the most people talking about it and if, if you don't do that then they're not going to be behind you like a Conor McGregor, like a like a Rose. Ro, I was going to say Rose, or like a Ronda Rousey or Jose Aldo kind of fight. You know the Jose Aldo Conor McGregor kind of fights. You know the Chael Sonnen fights back when they happened. You know the big fights that a lot of people have been setting promos for. You know the fight with Colby versus Usman. You know those kinds of fights. If you're not those kind of caliber of fights, they're not going to disrespectfully. The fight community is not going to be as behind you if you're if you're not one of those you know needle movers. But you can still win fights, and you can still look look amazing doing them, and you know not well not necessarily amazing, but you know you can look good to you know the hardcore fans, and and you know really be deserving of some serious you know talks for some title fights. But you know to, for a lot of people, for the, including the UFC and stuff nowadays nowadays era of the UFC, it's it's just not enough. So like I said, his win you know surpassed anything Reyes did for sure. I mean, the fact that Corey has fought a lot of more, lot more top tier guys than uh, Reyes has, and has has had more big wins, regardless of the way he finished it or not, decisions, um, whatever. You know, had had a couple knockouts in there, you know, some split decision losses and some knockout losses as well. But um, But, you know, overall, he's won a lot of the big fights, and a lot of people haven't really necessarily been talking about the wins that he's been having because of, uh... This, this, I don't know why. I don't know why there's so much hatred towards him. But, uh... You know, like I said, it's he, he doesn't deserve that. I think what he does, he, he's a fighter. And like I said, he was gonna... If he was gonna win, he was just gonna out-calculate, out-pace, and, you know, just out-work and, you know, kind of show that UFC experience when he... When he beat Johnny Walker, he definitely did show that UFC experience when he knocked him out, and that was one of the most impressive showings. You know, I definitely think after Reyes gets a shot against John, I think it should be Corey. Now, it's only a matter if Corey is gonna fight again, or excuse me, not fight again, but you know, I meant fight again before the fight again before that fight happens, or you know, just fight again before he's considered for a title shot, like one more big win like that. Come out mad, Corey Anderson, because that's when you fight the best. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, Johnny Walker will be back. Obviously, it was a learning experience. Not his first loss of all time, but it definitely will show, you know, where he's at and where he will be following this loss. Only you know, props to him, phenomenal star. Um, and we'll see what happens after that. We just talked about John Jones's recent tweets at Reyes. Obviously, like I said, I think that's going to be an interesting fight. Um, especially with the newer breed of fighters, a lot more tougher fighters. I mean, seeing John Jones go to a split decision for me is is, is proof enough. And um, it's kind of it was kind of scary the fact that he did go to the split decision, but you know, it only makes me realize and wonder what can happen in the new age. Like when somebody comes around that could be a potential threat to John, like that, that's when shit starts to get scary. Because, like, John Jones has been the champion, like I said, since I've been in high school. Since 
since, you know, before I was in high school, you know, 2011. And you know, he's the youngest champion in UFC history. Haven't seen anybody come close to beating him other than the Alexander Gustafson fight and then, you know, Tiago Santos fight, respectively. Um, but, you know, it seems to be the fight to make. The fight with Reyes seems to be the fight to make. And, um, you know, stylistically, I think Reyes has a lot of power, a lot of good movement. Um, he's quick. He's quick on his feet. He keeps his hands high. He's, he's obviously um, defended takedowns very well. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's it's lev- there's levels to this kind of game. So it's going to be a lot harder for me to, to, to think about it because, you know, he, he just kind of came off of a fight against a, a guy who's making his debut in uh, that weight class in the form of Chris Weidman. You know, it wasn't like a streaking fighter or anything like that. But, you know, I'm, trying, I'm not comparing John to Jones to Chris Weidman on any stretch of the imagination. But it's just like a completely different fight. You know, Dominic, Dominic has said some serious... Uh, he, he is in some, some serious rude awakening, especially with John. I mean, John can knock you out on the feet. He can he can take you down. He can smash you on the feet on the floor. He can gra- obviously got ground and pound. He can, he can submit you. He can choke you. Uh, you know, he's tactical on the feet. He's smart. He has those nasty kicks. He can injure you, <laughs> obviously with the eye pokes. I'm just kidding. No pun intended. But um, like I said, he just scary a scary Friday man. He's a definitely um the best champion that the UFC has seen and uh I do think that when they fight it's gonna I don't know it's a I, I, all the time I'm gonna bet the same thing that it's gonna be in the walk in the park for Jones it won't necessarily be that all respects to Dominic and stuff but you know I, I think I'm curious to see how this new age and new wave of light heavyweight contenders is going to go for John because like I want to see if if John's fights start to get a lot more closer, or is this a thing of imagination, or if John is truly just the, one of the best of all time, if he's one of the best of all time, he just keep wiping the floor with all these new contenders that think they can just sit here and talk. I mean, deep down, I don't think that a lot of these guys can can be John. I don't think they have what it takes. I mean, like I said, but if I'm proven wrong, then by all means, I will eat my words. Right now, I just there's no one that I think can uh, can you know really put the puzzle pieces in because this is how good John is. This is how unbeatable he looks. Just how good he looks. But you know, like I said, after that Tiago Santos fight, maybe a lot more people were had questions raised and more thoughts and you know a lot of people are waiting for that moment i mean it's not a good a proud moment to wait for but a lot of people just want to see you know who can be that special person that can defeat such a difficult task such such a confusing puzzle to figure out no one's been able to beat nor solve what john jones has been able to do and can it be reyes i don't know maybe it could could it be someone else in the division we're not talking about you just never know in the spike game. That's the thing. That's the crazy part about it. So, I mean, like I said, Reyes versus Jones seems like an interesting fight. Can't wait to see what happens with that one. Um, and so forth. All right, moving on to UFC Moscow. Um, Alexander Volkov with an exceptional 
phenomenal, you know, great win for him to come back to. Obviously, like I said, he's coming off the loss to Derek Lewis in his last fight, UFC 229, um, Connor versus Khabib card. And, you know, he was originally slated to fight Junior Dos Santos, but that fight fell through because Junior uh, got a uh, staff infection in his leg, which is very dangerous. And uh, obviously, Grant Cardi steps up on short notice. And, you know, he's able to hang in there with the number seven ranked Volkov. Volkov is actually a very, very tall, very talented striker. Um, now, very, you know, he's a very exciting guy. You know, he's a good striker. He's a good, he's a good, uh, good fighter. Very respected. You know, I say that if they Derek Ruiz and him rematch, it may be a different now. Uh, different outcome this time around because you know Volkov you know like I said anything can happen in the fight game Volkov simply got caught in that one and you know it was kind of a Hail Mary like I said it did set up a lot of stuff for Derek Lewis you know all props to him at the end of the day it's about who wins I guess their hand raised um but like I said it's just it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with the heavyweight division, you know, we're all waiting on this arrival of uh, this final fight between DC and uh, Stipe Miocic. That one should be announced, I mean, sometime next year. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Volkov fits in the mix, considering that there's a lot of heavyweights. I mean, maybe a rematch. Maybe when Junior DeSantos is healthy, they can add that fight or run that one back or something like that. Maybe maybe a fight with Francis Ngannou. Who knows what's going to happen with that. But that would be interesting to see. Um, Gary Cardi showed all class. Um, I can see definitely why he gets all the hatred that he does because of the, the, the checkered past, you know, the domestic violence, you know, beating a woman allegedly. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, including everybody on social media, a lot of people who, who may have uh, relatives or friends or may have been a, a, a person who experienced it in their own, you know, could be a victim in their own right could take a lot more offense because of it and just because it's a woman and anyone that puts their hands on a woman is a coward and you know I can definitely understand that point of view when it comes to these people talking about it so like I said I understand the hatred um but I didn't come here to hate people because of what they've done I, I, life is too short for me to sit and hate people because of their past and the, what they've done in the past I'm just here to watch damn good fights I mean I could see where they're coming from I have, have my share of idiotic fighters that I don't you know, necessarily agree with and stuff like that, and at least on the political side, not political, but just, you know, what they stand for, the way they talk, some people, you know, I can definitely understand the hatred, but I don't know, like, I just, I just see someone as a, I see someone coming back at, for another opportunity to be great at something, another opportunity to come and improve your future, and you know what, I can't say, I mean, be hate, hating someone that's showing all class and isn't a scumbag like they used to be. Like I said, if, if something like that happened to me or something along those lines, and, you know, I wouldn't want people to come after me like that. I mean, obviously, like I said, it's it's unacceptable, you know, accusation. It's an unacceptable way of, uh, you know, if, if, if true, it's unacceptable on all stretches of every single imagination of every single person in the world. But, you know, like I said, I don't have energy like that to sit back. And, you know, I just like to see big knockouts. If you can round his game out and, and start to knock everybody out and, you know, be more calculated on the feet, then by all means, that's going to be a good one to see what happens, you know, in the future.
You know, everyone just hates, sends a lot of hatred, says, oh, I hope you get knocked out. I hope you do all this. But, you know, like I said, the world's a ruthless place. Social media is a ruthless place. So you got to kind of like distance yourself. I mean, I see all the stuff everybody wants to say about Greg Hardy. Now, I'm not a Greg Hardy fan. I'm just calling it as I see it when it comes to the way people talk and, you know, speak about him or tweet about him. striker greg hardy is an amazing fighter developing still um and like i said <laughs> i mean i'm not a fan I'm, I'm a fan of the sport i'm a fan of all these fighters but i'm not gonna say like i'm a, a definite greg hardy like i'm a, i'm a huge fan but like i said i'm in, i'm a fan of seeing how he's gonna develop and everything else you know leading up i'm not like oh i'm not siding with him like a hardcore fan i'm just a fan of seeing where he's going, where he's become, how he's evolved as a fighter, because this is a fight game. I'm not here to be best friends with any of the fighters or anything like that. I'm here to call it how I see it. And that's what I'm seeing. And that's what we're going <laughs> to, that's basically how we're going to end that. One more thing before we get out of here, guys. Um, the whole Nate Diaz thing, I know how he said he's, you know, it, the fight, the, the little tweet that he sent out, it was over before it started. You know, peace out fight game. I'm on going on tour or some shit like that. I didn't necessarily take that as a retirement statement. That's the thing. I didn't take it as a retirement statement. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't think that. And when he said that, everyone's freaking out saying like, oh, he's going to retire. Oh, he's going to retire. What's going to happen? Oh, he's going to retire. Farewell. Have a great career. You know, it was a great career. And I was like, what the fuck is everyone talking about? Like, literally, I didn't see any any points of retirement in there. He didn't say he was going to retire. If you go back and listen to Ariel's show and Nate Diaz was on, you know, that special segment that Ariel did like a couple weeks ago, he was like, I'm never going to retire, basically. And he can leave for three years, come back. And we see how we've seen him do that on a couple, to- a couple of occasions. So... I mean, that fight before Michael Johnson, he came back and he looked amazing. That fight, after the fight against McGregor the second time, how long he was gone before that. So it's notorious that we see Nate Diaz in these kinds of situations. But you know, I didn't think that he was going to be gone. That's the thing. But uh, anyways, guys, that's it for us today. I think uh, I covered everything I wanted to talk about. It was good to be back. Maybe come back for part two. Like I said, I've just been hella busy been chilling been uh you know just living life and you know working hard on the outside taking care of all the things i need to take care of and you know like i said i've been listening to all the podcasts keeping up to date with all of them i just haven't been able to put my own out there but it's good that i was able to hop on today and uh you know touch base i'm not going anywhere <laughs> we're not going anywhere um, we got a great show. Like we had a great show. Like I said, um, episode two thirteen. We might touch base later on, so stay tuned for a couple more new episodes and stuff later on this upcoming week. Um, tomorrow's Monday. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all who served and all that. And we will be back late sooner rather than later. Thanks to Anchor for presenting our podcast. You can visit their direct link at www.anchor.fm/start or pull it up in your iPhone or your Google Play tablet or your Google Play phone or your Google Play Market, excuse me, with your Android, with your iPhone, the App Store. Easy as that. Download the Anchor app. 
all you need is your voice, a, a smartphone, an iPhone, and whatever else you need. Email account, sign up. It guides you through it step by step. I've been using Anchor for over two years now. It's been a good run. It's been a long run. It's going to be a continuous run for the future and so forth, ladies and gentlemen. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at G the King in the May, as well as our podcast page at KWTK Pod. And so forth, folks. I thank you and appreciate you guys for joining us. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for all the support. We'll be back sooner rather than later. G the King out, baby. Boom. See you guys later.